Hi, welcome to Leadership with Randy. I'm Randy Powell. Today you're listening to Lessons on Leadership, our weekly conversation with inspiring people sharing some of the stories and lessons from their journey. But again, I always go back to like why I why I did this. There are so many things that I lost from leaving my previous employer, but all of those things that I gained far outweigh what was lost. Our guest today is courageous entrepreneur, sometimes pickup basketball star, and founder of More Than a Meal, Mitch Case. I've been lucky to know Mitch for several years and watched him embark on a career in engineering and sales, only to soon realize that he had a bigger entrepreneurial dream to pursue. Mitch left his steady job and went 100% into following that entrepreneurial path that was before him. This is a great opportunity to hear of the fearlessness and grit that has led Mitch on his journey and will inspire us to pursue our own dreams. Let's go hear from Mitch. Good morning. We will get started on a pretty August day and uh, excited to be together again and excited to spend time with Mitch, who I've known for quite a few years, uh, going back to engineer Mitch uh, before he became entrepreneur Mitch. (laughs) Uh, But he had some entrepreneurial bones in him. He was doing some cool things even in the engineer community when he started to bring people together and Figured that basketball was a good way to meet up and uh, build relationships. And that was uh, a non-traditional networking kind of move that he created. And he's just had this uh, flair for for going all in on being Mitch and doing things that were authentic and real for him and and required courage. And I'm a big admirer of, of what you've done, Mitch, of just really plunging all in on entrepreneurship. Uh, to go build your business and uh, and build a family and build a community and and you're just doing so many cool things. Why don't we go back uh, early and talk about you know what inspired you early to go down that engineering path and then when did these uh, entrepreneurial mindsets start to uh, to creep in along the way? <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, Randy. Yeah, it's been. Uh, I was even just talking to my wife before this. I was like, I'm actually getting on the call with a guy that I knew when I was selling cooling towers for the longest time. And now we're talking about nothing but cooling tower or not talking about cooling towers, but other stuff, but yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of grew up in a traditional family where it was go be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, um, go get the corporate job and, you know, you'll, you'll live a, a, a healthy, strong financial life. And that was kind of what was instilled in me was a, um, a financial piece of life was kind of your self-worth a little bit. Um, and that's what kind of pushed me towards doing the mechanical engineering. I went to Mizzou, did mechanical engineering for four and a half years, and then moved to Kansas City. Actually worked for SPX Cooling Technologies uh, when Randy was the president over there uh, back in, I think that was 2011, 2012. And then found out that I really did not enjoy sitting behind a computer um, all day, every day doing the same tasks. So I was fortunate enough to find an organization that was actually selling the piece of equipment, um, which I got into the sales side of things. And I really, really enjoyed the the strategy behind sales, the uh, relationships and the competition that came with sales. It really just kind of hit home with me and um, really thrived in that environment, had a lot of fun um, building that here locally in Kansas City and was fairly successful in that. Um, I think one of the biggest things that kind of sparked my entrepreneurial spirit was when I went over to the organization, uh, 
I had a leader in that organization, but I had to go build my own book of business. And I didn't know the first thing about sales. We had a guy in St. Louis that would come in town uh, about once every week, maybe even twice a week that would just grab me and take me out of the office. And we'd go knock on doors. We'd go look for cooling towers or outside hospitals and figure out our way through the tunnels of a hospital to the facilities management. And just really kind of realized that once I was able to get in the door, that fear of having that first conversation was immediately gone as soon as I would say hi, because at that point, you just had those 10 seconds of courage to say hello. And then at that point, you just had to keep having the conversation so you didn't act weird or awkward or anything. So that's really where I learned to build my book of business. And after a couple of years of doing that, I, I started recognizing that I had people that were calling me back to see if I could come in and help versus continuously cold calling. So that really solidified um, this relationship type mentality of, of building that and going out and creating whatever value I could to those individuals. And if and when the time came that they needed something, um, I was I was in a position to be a good resource for them. So that really solidified that that drive of you know what? I can go out and create something out of out of nothing uh, with the right resources, with the right tools, with the right leadership around me to teach me those things. So, got involved with that. And, and Randy, you mentioned like I I started this basketball thing because I was trying to figure out some creative way to network. It really came because I was calling on a bunch of engineers, and I'd invite one out to have a one-on-one conversation to build that relationship. And some of the engineering firms I was working with had, you know, 300, 400 employees with it, and they would invite five or six of their friends uh, to come and have lunch with us. So then the conversation itself would be monopolized. Um, we really wasn't able to dive deep with each of those individuals to get to know them, uh, learn about their families or the things that they like to do outside of work. Um, and I would still have to swipe the credit card for a $200 lunch and not really get much out of it. So I, I literally went to a couple of those individuals and said, what will you do outside of lunch that we can get out of this environment where you feel like you have to talk about work or business and let's let's just get to know each other. And so a couple of them said that they like playing basketball. So now there's this misconception that I'm this stud basketball player and I wanted to go play basketball and it's far from the truth. Everybody knows that if they guard my right side, I go left and basically I, I lose control of the ball uh, when I go to the left side. So um, fortunately, that has uh, it, it sparked a lot of interest in individuals. And we saw that no longer were we having conversations of, hey, what are you working on? What can I do to help you in that sense? It was, hey, how's your spouse doing? How are your kids doing? Um, we recognized that people were then having conversations off of the court, getting together and, and really generating these amazing relationships. And the thing that I love the most, which has really solidified my uh, drive on kind of what I'm doing now is that each of those relationships started from nothing and, and were strengthened through this thing that they enjoyed playing together. They had something in common before they even knew each other. And we were able to break down those barriers of that awkwardness when you're talking about networking or having to feel like, and I'll raise my hand as an introvert at heart. I do not like going into large rooms and not knowing anybody with the expectation that I have to go and talk to somebody and hand a business card to somebody. Um, I just wanted to figure out a way that we could get past that, that piece of it and break down that barrier of that awkwardness. And fortunately, basketball really kind of took off from there. So I did about eight and a half years at the sales organization. And during that time, my wife and I had our first son and it really sparked the idea of our, our business, which is now more than a meal. 
to go out and help other people uh, connect and engage with their employees and clients. So, Randy, is that is that good for the uh, background? That's awesome, Mitch. There's a baseball movie where the dad tells the son, "You, there's a time we need to stop doing what you want to go do and go do what you ought to do." And you're like the reverse of that. It sounds like the first part of your career is you're doing what everybody told you you ought to do. And then you said, I think I'm going to do what I want to go do. So <laughs> let's talk yeah. about what you want to go do now. Let's talk about starting a business from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. So um, again, when my wife and I had our first son, um, it was not kind of the, the skip in and skip out experience that we had kind of imagined we would have. Uh, she developed preeclampsia and ultimately had a C-section, which really kind of knocked her uh, down and out for a few months. And we had some really simple meal kits that people had dropped off in our house. Um, everything was pre-chopped and pre-diced. And we were just incredibly thankful for that. But um, we'd actually forgotten about them. So a couple months later, um, my wife come home from work after you know a long day and she had the opportunity to create these meals. She threw them into a slow cooker. And I remember her just kind of looking at me and saying, I really felt like I helped out today. And it was just one of those moments where it wasn't like the clouds were scattered away. It's just like this ray of sunshine had come back in and kind of put a spark in us. And uh, my wife and I are people of faith and we've always been kind of challenged to find the different ways uh, to serve people with the gifts that we've been given. And we recognize that they were, these were so impactful for us that we wanted to go out and help other people in Kansas City uh, in that same manner that maybe don't have that community here in KC or uh, maybe it's too far of a drive or everybody's busy and you just forget to bring a meal to somebody, any different of those scenarios. But we ultimately started this business, you know, three years ago and um, really just kind of at that point, it was kind of a hobby or we had a little bit of discretionary income where we could uh, take any of the losses that maybe come on through it and really go out and serve people. And we were fortunate enough to serve about 300 meals to individuals. Um, but as kind of Randy alluded to, I, I somewhat always like to kind of beat to my own drum, uh, in a sense, I had different ideas that I wanted to pursue within the organization I was with previously, and, uh, just wasn't able to kind of pursue those to be a little bit more creative and, and different. Um, and then during the pandemic, you know, a lot of people had these moments of realization of like, well, what is it that I want to do with my life? And those were really starting to have those conversations. I see several people on this call that I've I've had many conversations with Randy being one of them as well of, you know, it just the passion for what I was doing previously was no longer there. And I, I really kind of had this realization of I'm ready to bet on myself and ultimately decided that, you know, if we can get our fan finances right for a little while and we can put a good business plan together, we can take a run at it. And fortunately, I have a supportive wife that asked me a really simple question of, you know, if you look back in 20 years and you haven't made this decision, would you regret it? And it was just a slap in the face of, I absolutely would regret looking back 20 years and I'm still doing what I'm doing because I didn't bet on myself. So um, once she asked me that question, it was, all right, when is the next commission check coming? And then I need to put in my two weeks and be done. So um, it was a pretty quick turnaround. And I left back in September of 2020 and all the different things. I'm still running my, my basketball league, which is Pickup KC. And we've been fortunate enough to add different sports to that to allow people to network and also uh, just running full speed with our company more than a meal. Um, went all in on those September of 2020. So we're 
nine months in, 10 months in right now. And um, it's been a an unexpected up and down journey, that's for sure. So more than a meal, you're you're tailoring primarily, I believe, towards businesses having something they can send out to employees that have had a baby, they're out sick. Yeah, how are you networking and prospecting and building that pipeline of businesses that understand the value of that relationship with their employees and how that enhances their culture? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm really taking the same approach that I did when I was doing the sales engineering thing. Um, it's really relationship based. Um, you know, we went from selling a couple single meals to now doing more business packages to make it really simple and proactive for businesses. So that was a big change for us uh, when I was kind of looking at what everything looked like for us moving forward, switching from more of a, a B2C approach with this organization to uh, a B2B approach. So right now, I, you know, I will still go knock on doors, but I do lean on a lot of my network right now with um, sales professionals, with HR directors, with small business owners, who, whoever that may be that does understand the investment into their employees. And again, like, we really, really wanted to focus on how we could actually strengthen those valued relationships. Um, so often, and I, you know, I saw this in my organization before, um, there was a lot of opportunities to connect and engage. And it just, it didn't hit me until after I'd kind of been on this journey that oftentimes we would send something without the realization of each individual and how we can make that authentic and personalized to that individual. Um, you know, for instance, being in the construction industry, um, we would have a lot of different bottle openers and we would send out bottle openers to individuals. And I kind of come to the realization after I had left of, I hope I never sent a bottle opener to somebody that was um, recovering from alcoholism because I don't want to be the individual that enables them. And, and it's not that the gesture itself um, was a bad gesture. It was just, it was just missed by this much where it could have really been um, personalized, authentic, and, and to that individual. It, we talk about the same thing with food. Like food is very, very challenging to send as a gift because you do not know if that individual has allergies um, or, or God forbid, maybe a, a kid or a spouse or something like that has an allergy and you send this into their home and it's something that they can't enjoy as a family. So we really try to focus on the organizations that um, want to take that next step. Maybe they've got something in place already and we can tweak it, or maybe they don't have something in place right now. And we can really offer a, a situation where it allows them to be as, as authentic and personalized as uh, possibly can be. And, you know, I know as a salesperson, there's the little things that I always intend to do. I always wanted to remember their birthdays. I always wanted to know when their anniversaries were or remind myself the name of the kids. And I would always be so busy trying to figure out other things in the other day to day that it was just stuff that I, I would forget to ask or I'd forget to write it down. Um, and it's those little tiny things that can really go a long ways uh, to help with increasing referrals, um, potentially even revenue. Um, but uh, most important when it comes to employees, the retention side. So we, we have served people from recovering from um, COVID to um, somebody going through chemotherapy, uh, a loss in the family, newborn babies, just because referral businesses. That's the thing that's been the most exciting as we built this is I don't have a, a specific lane that we're trying to stay in. We're, we're learning what 
other individuals, sales professionals, and business owners can see and utilize this this service to um, really personalize and specialize that that moment for that individual. So, how does it work if a business signs up with you? How does the program work? Yeah, so we have different business packages. So, essentially, if you're you know you have 20 to 25 uh, or more events in a given six month period. And an event is whether a, a positive life event or a negative life event, whatever that may be, um, organizations are able to buy at a, a bulk discount. And then we set up actually a, a personal page for you to uh, come in, use our unique business code that will proactively release uh, those meals. So simply we grab a little bit of the contact information from that individual. We provide um, a space for you to include a personal note that we go in, right, and include in those meal packages. And then we coordinate delivery uh, of the meals that they select uh, based off of dietary preferences. And uh, we go out and deliver that with our delivery team. Um, we're actually getting ready to release a, another piece that really helps personalize it. Um, we're, we're working with a lawyer firm right now that they want to be able to have a a video that is included uh, when somebody, uh, you know, a referral based video. And we're fortunate now that we've got some processes in place to where if they have a referral, they send that link to an individual that's able to sign up for their meal, but that individual then can just have a personalized video to that individual saying, you know, the referrals are lifeblood of my business. I'm incredibly blessed to have you in my network and, you know, here's dinner on us and the family. So um, yeah, we just really try to make it as easy as possible for the business owner and the sales professional to be proactive and release those. And then we go in ahead and take care of the coordination um, and the delivery side of things. So you're not inundated with that. So was there a model you saw and that inspired this idea? Or is this basically you just created this, you and your wife came from your own baby experience and you you said wow this is really cool i think i can make a business out of this um you know the, the model itself is is not unique by any means um i know we had several friends and family and i know there's there's churches out there and, and like i said friends and family that will put meal trains together and go and deliver these um so it's kind of that that concept but what we really did was just kind of let it go the direction that it was going to go um when I first started this, I, I was fortunate enough to have a mentor that basically told me, if you're not absolutely embarrassed by what you put out the door day one, then you waited too long to start. And I checked that box. So when we initially started, it was, it was originally called Mommy Meals. We were focusing on new parents only. Um, somebody would come to our website, which they were confused on how to order anything. So they would call me up. And I would figure out how to actually get this release. They'd tell me what meal they wanted. I'd run out to Aldi. I'd pick up the ingredients, unwrap it all, rewrap it in our branding, uh, which was a brown paper bag. I'd handwrite a note and I'd drive out to that individual's house and drop it off and say, you know, congratulations. And we did 300 meals doing that. And I don't know how we did that, but um, after the realization that about 70 or 80% of our orders were coming from business related situations, that's when we kind of took it to the next level and realized, all right, this is the direction we're now going to go. So the, the business model itself has continuously changed since we started this by only selling to consumers and selling one 
meal kit at a time to um, now where we're focused on on the business side of things. And we still have a consumer uh, piece of it. And we're actually getting ready to release because of individuals wanting to have meals for themselves. We're going to have a consumer focus again, but the, the B2B side is where I spend the majority of my time. And again, it's we went from having a personal note to now somebody saying, you know, I'd actually really like to have a QR code. So if I'm having a conversation with somebody at a networking event or one-on-one and they tell me they've had some a bad week or something along those lines, they can now scan this QR code and it'll take them to a personal page for that individual to send them a meal. They asked me if I can put it together. And I said, you bet. Let's see what happens. And, you know, we're, we're kind of testing a lot of these different ideas right now. And like I said, with the, the video experience is just kind of taken off a little bit with some of the other organizations we work with that, you know, they can pre-record five different life event videos that when that individual is sent a meal, we know what kind of event um, they're going through. And that allows us to make sure that specific video goes to that individual to, you know, let them know that they're thinking about them, whether that's from recovery or just moved into a new house, whatever that may be. Um, we're just really letting it kind of go its own direction. So I, I would say like, I don't have a, a specific business model that I'm following 100%, but it's kind of a, a conglomerate of a bunch of different ideas that have kind of come together and we're, you know, changing directions constantly and seeing what sticks. If anyone has questions, uh, let me know in the chat. Um, so you're a year into quitting and going all in. You jumped in with both feet. One year, one year will be <laughs> September 11th. Yeah. So what have you learned in that year? What has surprised you in that year? Um, just because you have a good idea does not mean that people will buy from you. Uh, that's probably one of the biggest realizations that I've had because I've never met anybody that said, this is a terrible idea. I don't know why you would ever want to do something like this. It was, this is fantastic idea, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, well, why aren't you buying from me? Because it's a great idea now. So that's been one of the biggest realizations. I've also you know, gone from, and I didn't mention this earlier, one of the real big reasons that I left my previous employers because I was I was working a ton of hours and I was missing out on experiences with my Four year, now four-year-old, one-year-old, and we have another baby on the way. So um, a huge part of me making this leap was to be more present with, with them uh, and my wife. And it's, it's ironic that I'm probably working more hours than I was before, but I'm very guarded with the hours that I do um, work right now. So I am able to have my mornings with my wife and my boys and lunch and, you know, in through the evening. Um, but expectations is something that I have had to kind of let go as well. You know, I, I've got goals set and, you know, I like to make lofty goals. And sometimes if I don't make those goals, I'll, uh, my expectations aren't met. And that even goes down to the parenting level. Like even this morning, I'm trying to wake up early to be able to get my stuff done. The kids slept until 7 a.m. yesterday. And I'm like, all right, I got at least two hours before the kids are up and running. And I get up at, at 5.15 thinking I've got this time. And then they all wake up at like 5.45 or 6. And that that time is shot now. Um, it's frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating for me um, as somebody that really guards their time. And 
you know, the expectations that I sometimes have to let go and ebb with the flow. There was, uh, and I'm going to butcher this quote, but a, a good friend of mine was really talking about um, be sturdy with your, um, how did he say that? Ah, be sturdy with your processes or your, um, um, oh my gosh, what's the things that I'm trying to think of right now? When you set them in stone, it's your, help me out, Randy. I'm totally blanking on this. Maybe uh, principles or? Uh... Right, well, not, I mean, <laughs> be easy with your schedule in a sense of okay. yeah, let your schedule kind of flow and ebb as it goes. But your um, the things you do every day, don't matter what happens, like those are the things that you do. <laughs> it's the easiest word and I can't think of it right now, but uh, be be flexible with your schedule, but strong in your day-to-day activities so that you can continue to do those things. So that's where I'm trying to, to hone in on right now is that, you know, just because I'm not able to get this done right now, there will be other times during the day that I can focus on those. And, and sometimes those things have to go to the next day and I'm learning to be okay with that through this process. Go to Mike Kenny. Mitch, hey, great stuff. Hey, Mike. Um, just, you know, your entrepreneurial journey, you know, I can, I'll say empathize with you, you know, in terms of growing pains and, you know, product market fit or whatever, you know, even from a nonprofit standpoint, we always try to meet, you know, our clients' expectations. But I think you've done a great job of outlining specifically what it is that you've done but uh, your, what would you what would you proffer as your unique value proposition? What sets you apart from you know everyone else out there, or or people that uh, maybe offer something similar? And I know you know you've touched upon it, but what is like I'll say the concise elevator pitch that hey do business with us because this is what we deliver. Yeah, we've really been trying to hone in on specifically um, what that looks like. And ultimately, what we're really focused on is helping these organizations strengthen their most valued relationships through proactive, authentic, personal gifting. So um, things that separate us from, you know, say, going out and getting a Grubhub gift card or, you know, buying a slab of ribs from OK Joe's or something along those lines. We really focus on the simplicity of everything. Everything is pre-chopped, pre-cooked, or not pre-cooked, pre-chopped, pre-diced, pre-measured. So we really want to get away from having to open up more dishes or anything along those lines. But the thing that really, really does uh, set us apart from other food opportunities, other uh, gifting opportunities, is that personalized message that comes through with that. So whether it be the the video messages and, you know, ultimately long-term, I want to be able to have unique videos for each individual. But for us right now, we have to have kind of five um, generic videos to be able to do that. But really focusing on the the authenticity to where a an individual that receives that understands that they are not a number. They are not a uh, uh, essentially just a number that is trying to help this individual or this business kind of grow and receive. It is really focused on you are a very important individual to our team. Not even an, like, I, we know that they're an asset to the team, but I'm talking about like an individual impact on that person because what we can really do through these personalized gifts is these business owners and HR directors really focus on that. You can now make those employees or those clients advocating for who they work for. And now that creates a different culture that creates a different environment. 
So I really try to focus on you know, what is our, our uniqueness to this is, is really focusing on the personalized and authenticness of those gifts that kind of come out and receive to that. I don't know about you guys. I've got a stack of gift cards uh, by the door every time. And every time we go out and get ice cream, we forget the gift card or anything along those lines. And it's really, we really wanted to make sure that we focused on the personalization. And I'll just say it over and over and over again, because that is where you will set yourself apart from the, the gift box that goes out. That's the same for every individual. And it doesn't get tailored to what that person uh, maybe is going through. So we really focus on that personalization and making it uh, really authentic. Now I appreciate that. That's awesome. I saw Brianna had mentioned the word I was looking for earlier was habits. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. She's there to help you <laughs> with word choice. She has helped me more than I can uh, <laughs> even repay her. That's for sure. <laughs> have you had any success stories of folks that have come back to you and said, wow, this really helped make a difference in our culture, our relationship with our team or anything like that that you've heard? I, I can't say that I've had anything that has come back to say, you know, this has changed the culture of our environment or anything along those lines. But I have had individuals come back and just, uh, you know, they, they send one and then all of a sudden you see like five more come through um, later because of the experience that they've had. And it's again, it's the feedback that we get is it it's the right time. It's the right thing that we need. It was, um, you know, delivered at a time that works well for them. Um, that's where we really focused again, like on that authenticity. And, you know, we have different organizations that are going through and we're testing uh, a few different things as well and getting feedback from them on, you know, what have you seen from a retention standpoint? What have you seen from, if you're sending this out to clients, what have you seen from revenue increase and what have you seen? Has, have you received more referrals through that? So I think it's, it's a still a little too early to, to tell what exactly what we'll get back from the feedback, but um, you know, I always tell people like the worst case scenario, if we don't increase your revenue, we don't increase your referrals and we don't increase your retention, you have made a positive impact on somebody's life. That's going through something that maybe you can't relate to. And that's going to stick in their memory as you being the one that was able to be there for them. If you could go back to uh, young Mitch launching himself down this uh, engineering course at Mizzou, what would you, uh, what would you tell Mitch? <laughs> um, it's really funny. And my, I, I love my dad, uh, the, just, he has been a, a huge role model in my life. And I remember him saying, uh, it was right after I had turned 21 where he like, we went out and got our first beer together. He goes, Mitch, these are going to be some of the best years of your life. And he told me this when I was a junior in college. So he missed the first couple of years. He's like, never miss a party. And it was, it was a sense of not that school isn't important, but make sure you enjoy the ride that you're having as well. So, you know, if I were to kind of go back to young Mitch, who was 18 years old, kind of getting into the college scene, um, you know, that, that metaphor of never miss a party I would have really told myself to like truly never miss a party, but go out and do the things that really make you alive. Um, not follow the footprints of what you had kind of been told. And I, I've talked to a lot of people about this and it's, it's not that going, being an engineer is a bad thing. 
I just realized it wasn't the thing that brought me joy uh, in my life. It was the thing that I felt like I needed to do to be successful. And I want to rewrite that story of what successful means. You know, I was again talking with my wife this morning. There's a a stigma that um, sometimes like women need to be mothers first and then can be business people second. Um, and, and she is rewriting that. But I also want to rewrite the stigma that, you know, dads have to be business people first before they're going to be dads. And that's where I really found that, like, the majority of my joy and love that I get to exude in this world is when I'm hanging out with my two young boys and my wife. So, you know, who am I to tell somebody else to go out and do something because it's it's the right thing to do because successful means it's a monetary success. Uh, maybe that's a part of your success. But I truly believe that success comes from you being in that zone, that you have joy, that you're good at what you do. And you can go out and create that energy around other people that says, like, I gotten to, I've gotten to speak with Mike a couple of times. You can't walk away from having a conversation with Mike and feeling like a million bucks. And that's kind of the, the thing that I want to be able to provide for other people as well is like, it doesn't matter if you're an engineer, if you're sweeping the floors, if you're running a marathon, if it is putting vibes out in this world that generate other people's um, energy or that that zone that they can be in, like that's what I want to go out and provide to this world. And I, I get to do some of that through More Than a Meal and through our pickup KC opportunities. But even if I'm just having conversations with individuals that want to hear my story, I hope that I can put a presence in their life that says, this guy operates a little bit different and it makes me really excited to be around him or other individuals because you know, that's ultimately what we're where I knew I wanted to get to was being able to be an influence on others to, you know, inspire them to be in those zones. I think Brendan has just some positive comments here, which are just as important as the questions. If you're still there, Brendan. I'm I'm here. I've got kids going on in the background. <laughs> well, that's awesome too. <laughs> so so good to see you, Mitch. I you know Me what too. I absolutely love and brag about you all the time. And I, you know, I'm probably mentioning you at least a couple of times a month. What really inspired me when you and I met is how you identified an opportunity to help people. And at the same time, it, it's like you looked at it from two sides. You looked at it from the side of not only serving your clients, but you also collaborated with the caterer and other professionals that their business had just gone to nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I have found so just incredibly inspiring. And I brag about you quite a bit. Well, I definitely uh, appreciate that. Your name has popped up many, many times um, and all positive things. And I really, really appreciate your support. Oh, well, thank you. It's been, it's been an honor getting to know you and I'm glad we connected. Awesome. Thanks. So if someone has this idea and we run, and we all probably on this call know people or have known people who have some idea and they're just stuck waiting. They're like, well, I'll wait until I get laid off. I'll wait until I lose this job. I'll wait until I've got enough money. And you said to heck with it. I'm not going to wait. And so what, what would you say to someone who's got this idea of something that it's burning inside them and they know they ought to go do it sometime, but they just have let fear and responsibility and money hold them back. 
Well, take everything I say with a grain of salt because it was definitely um, not the most popular decision, I would say, across a lot of individuals that I've known. But um, if somebody were thinking about making this leap, um, I would really focus, and this is kind of after the fact of, of looking at this, is, is make sure that you have realized the, uh, the financial side of things. I was blessed to be able to create a good enough pad that gave me a runway with what we were doing to where I haven't been able to take a paycheck. That's been the biggest struggle for us is that, you know, I'm going nine months without a paycheck right now. And it's a little bit longer than I kind of expected. And it's not looking like the next six months are going to be any different from the first nine. So I would really make sure that you understand that you're going to have to sacrifice that and make sure your finances are in the right, right spot. Because I think as somebody else told me, it's like, it's always longer than you think it's going to be before you can take that first paycheck. And I'm here to say that so far that is a, a fact. Um, so, but I would also uh, want to mention in the fact of if your focus on this, this business is to create financial wealth for yourself, um, it really kind of ties in with that first piece of it is you might not see that for, for a while. And there is a picture on, on Facebook the other day on the Kansas City startup page. And it really, really kind of honed in on the experiences or some of the um, events that have happened through this experience. Um, there was a picture of a guy that was out in Vegas. Um, I don't know if anybody knows Matt Watson or not. He's been very successful with some of the stuff he's done in the tech world here in Kansas City. But he was out in Vegas and he was playing on the, the slot machines and he had the voucher where he could go turn in the voucher for the money that he had won. And on the voucher, it said, this is redeemable for $0.06. And it said, if this isn't entrepreneurial and entrepreneurialism in one picture, then I don't know what is because it is some days where you have to celebrate the sixth sense that you brought in. It's the other days that you're down and out and you need to lean on the individuals that uh, believe in you and have your back. Um, and then all of a sudden you have one day that everything worked as planned. And then you wake up the next morning, have a nice cup of coffee and say, Hey, I'm going to make this two days in a row and you get punched right in the teeth. So it's just a different um, environment that I've ever experienced. But again, I always go back to like why I, why I did this. There are so many things that I lost from leaving my previous employer but all of those things that I gained far outweigh what was lost. Um, you know, hanging out with my wife and kids is just, it is a different type of joy than I had watching any dollar bill kind of come in through our, our bank account. Um, there was a moment about six months after I had quit or sitting on the couch. I usually call it quits at four o'clock so I can help with the boys and all of that. And I'm sitting on the couch, we're watching the two boys play and I'm with my wife and she goes, do you realize you wouldn't be home for another two hours? And when you would come home, you were most likely coming back from a happy hour. And it wasn't that you were drunk or anything like that, but you had alcohol on your breath. And that's what our boys were seeing was that you would tell them your most valued relationship or they were the most important thing in your life, but you would show up two hours later and you would smell like alcohol. That was not a good uh, role model for my boys. And it brought me to tears when I was sitting on the couch and just realizing like, 
I'm missing these two hours of my boys and like they grow so fast. And I know everybody says like blank and they'll be, you know, adults with kids. And I'm really trying not to blink right now so that I can enjoy those moments with them. Um, so I know the original question was, you know, what would you tell that person uh, that wants to make that leap? I would really say, make sure that you're ready not to take a paycheck for a long time. Um, make sure that the reason you're doing this is not to go out and create money because when the money's not coming in, you still have to have the drive to go out and create what you need to create. And three, focus on those things that are most important to you. And if it will put you in a zone that allows you to be able to focus on those things that are most important to you, then I would maybe recommend quitting. I, you know, it's, um, it's, if you can handle those three things or they all align, I say go for it because being on the other side, it is one of the most fun uh, things that I've done. And the, the running joke that I, I tell everybody is I've never been more happy, less stressed, making no money in my life. And this is the first time I've experienced that. And I love it. I love it. You talked about that there were a lot of people that disagreed and I, and I know I've had the same experience in the past making change where people tell you what a mistake it is, but I assume you've been able to find people who are positive role models and positive messengers and that encourage you too. How important is it to find people and surround yourself with those positive people? It, I probably still wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have those individuals. Um, you know, the, the tough days, the days where you do see the sixth sense roll through, that's when I lean on people and say, this isn't working. Like, what am I doing? What am I, what's the next step? Why am I doing that? If you hadn't made, had that decision of like, have I made the wrong decision? Then you're probably not pushing yourself enough because it has been a, uh, uh, a journey, but yeah, having, having a group of business advisors to help me bounce ideas off of things that they have already experienced. I always kind of talk about this in regards to, I want to find the individual that's already walked through the minefield and can tell me where not to step. That's how I am able to get to where I'm at and know that the end result is going to be worth it because they've already made it through. That's the thing that keeps driving me. That's the importance of mentorship in my life to be able to pick me up when um, you have been punched uh, multiple times in a day. And they say, you're doing it, man. Get back up and keep going. Like that it can be incredibly frustrating at times, but I definitely wouldn't be continuing the process if I didn't have somebody that's been through what I've been through um, and had the success of time, had the success of um, a healthy marriage, had the success of being involved with their kiddos. Um, and then ultimately, if it leads to financial success as well, then even better. Well, I've had the unique opportunity to see you over the last 10 years. And, and it's not like you did this from out of, uh, arising out of failure. You were pretty awesome as a sales engineer, you know, <laughs> and we're doing a lot of really cool things. And so, I'm proud of you and, and happy for you and happy to see you happy. I think it's uh, awesome that you're doing this courageous thing to go build a business. Thanks, Randy. I, I remember sitting down uh, at Cozy's Cafe after, uh, it was still before I had left Midwest Machinery, but I was definitely, and I think you knew 
that I was alluding towards walking away um, to really kind of pursue this. And um, it was kind of actually watching your story as well that, you know, if I fail at this, I'm going to blame you because you told me that I could quit and everything would be all right. But uh, I'm just kidding. I would never blame you on that. But uh, I saw you as an individual that had done what I previously was wanting to go out and accomplish. You had had the, the success, you had had the, um, the corner office, and then all of a sudden you were gone and you were starting your, your business uh, in Kansas. And it just really inspired me in the fact that maybe the, maybe whatever is up there is is not always necessarily worth it. And um, you know, with several other people that have kind of inspired me in that space too, you know, I had to look at the different lifestyle that individuals were living and determine if, you know, if that title, if that office was the lifestyle that I wanted versus the paycheck that I wanted. So um, I definitely give you props to Randy, just on inspiring me and obviously several other people and, and what you've done with uh, this podcast and just, you know, the stories that I hear about you bumping into other people and having coffee and uh, you're putting a good, you're putting a lot of good vibes out there as well. Well, it's awesome to know you, Mitch, and I'm excited to see where you take the business. And I know there are uh, big things ahead for you as you uh, continue to adapt and grow and build relationships and make a difference in people's lives. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited and um, happy to just uh, meet with anybody uh, to you know kind of hear their story and message, and you know if uh, if there's ways that I can help other individuals not even in regards to my business, but if there's other areas that I can help introduce or, or pick somebody up on a bad day, or if they're looking to quit and walk away, then I'm always happy to kind of give a little bit more detail into my story as well. And do you have room for more awful basketball players? Always, <laughs> always, always. Yeah, we've got, we'll have about 30 to 35 running tomorrow morning down at High V Arena and if you've never touched a basketball or if you're able to dunk, you are welcome to come out and we'll have a good time and get to meet some new people. I also have some joint health vitamins that really help afterwards as well when the <laughs> knees really hurt. <laughs> awesome. Well, great to see you, Mitch, and great to see spend time again with everyone. You all uh, have a great weekend and we'll see you again next week. And thanks, Mitch, for uh, spending time with us. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, everybody, for. Uh, let me talk about my story. Bye, everybody.